Greetings, my name is James Major Burns, and this is The Third Degree with me, your host, James Major Burns. Welcome back, everyone. I am happy with all of the positive reviews that I have been getting, but let me tell y'all something. It has not been all positive reviews. I mean, people have been very honest, and get, let me tell y'all something else. I appreciate it. That sometimes it's a little heavy on my heart, but I'm not against it. So uh, let me tell y'all, we're going to get into this real real quick. Um, Some of the feedback I've gotten is positive, and I want people to be absolutely honest. But what I'm doing is this as a talk show. So I'm not necessarily speaking on facts. Sometimes I'm giving opinions. And this is all, you know, from me and how I feel. And things like shows, talk shows, and podcasts are preferences. So if somebody, you know, can't relate to me, I don't, I used to look at it as, all right, well, I need to change. If they, I need to get these people to be interested in this. But, you know, I can't make a person be related. You know, that might just be one episode they're not related or the entire project, but they might be related to something else. And one of my friends told me, he was like, just telling me like how like some things were dragging. And I, I was very open to the um, critique. Another woman flat out told me it was boring and repetitive. And I was very open to that also. But then I also got very positive rec- um, critiques and reviews. So I was wondering, I was like, well, I wonder how honest they were being. I don't want them to think they have to say that. But there's another guy I met from Detroit. Shout out, because he listens to every episode. But um, he gave me um, mixed reviews, but he likes where it's going. So I'm very accepting of all of those things. So people, we're going to get into a few things before we get into this episode. We got Dream Girls auditions coming up at the Youngstown Playhouse. June 10th and June 11th and callbacks will be the day after or two days after but you'll find that out if you get one at the playoffs so you ain't even got to worry about a callback yet because you might not get one but if you do get one it will be the following day after the initial auditions or the day after that also I'll be departing Youngstown in a few days to go do Shrek the Musical in Springboro Ohio with Law that's L.A. Comedia Productions. You can look that up on my Facebook, on their Facebook, or online and come and see us. The show opens June 20th and runs to August 11th, so I'm very excited about that. Anxious, very nervous. I cannot believe that it's happening. It's definitely a dream come true. And in the words of Kevin Garnett, anything is possible! That was one of the funniest things I had ever seen in my life. So, ladies and gentlemen, again, this is a free space, an outlet for myself and others to come here and congregate, speak on things going on in our lives and the world. This is a chance for the creative to show you what's behind our mind versus what you see and what you think. Because what you see isn't always the truth. Shout out to Tatiana for that one. Here we get to share, laugh, and learn. So, ladies and gentlemen, I have a a very special woman here with me today, Miss Autumn Joy Ellis. (laughs) Why, thank you. Why, thank you. (laughs) It was a very uh, (laughs) great greeting. You're welcome. I feel like this was my best introduction yet. As the episodes go on, I listen to them like crazy. And sometimes I get tired of hearing my voice. But I am critiquing and being, you know, analyzing everything so I can 
or you know sometimes I can't control the sound and everything so I'm trying to be in control of what I can control right now it's interesting that you brought up like critiquing and criticism and creative because that's our whole lives yeah it's a big (laughs) part of being a, a creative and even I was thinking about that earlier with like my art show and stuff like people looking at my work and critiquing it. It's one of the things we don't want in life the most, and then being a creative, it's the only thing that you do. it's important because I think one of the problems with it is it's not always the critique, it's how they critique. Like, it's one thing to say, oh, I like, I mean, what you're doing is, it's cool, but it's not for me. And it's, it's another thing for some people to feel like they need to really tear it down, degrade, right. trash. Like, th- those aren't critiques. That's right. just, like... I do think people search for validation, <laughs> even... Right. Um, so, I, even for me, like, being a creative, I was searching for validation. Even when I played sports, I was searching for validation and things. So, even when the cr- critiques weren't, like, that negative, like, sometimes after my sh- my shows, my friends will be like, oh, good job. Mm-hmm. And I would be like, oh, that's it? <laughs> I want a full, full review. Like, right, right. how did I do? Was right. it better than the last show you saw? And so I was like searching for validation and everything because I hadn't learned t- to love, you know, the but I think that's the art for what it was. Condition. Mm-hmm. You know, we we do seek love from other beings. It's it's just a part of life. our nature. It, yeah, it's a part of our nature, and it's a part of what makes us human. You know, I think. The difficulty comes in understanding that not everybody has to like you and not taking it personally when right. people don't like you. It's okay to accept, you know, that that love and support and things like that. <laughs> but it's you have to understand that you, you shouldn't well, break. Let me tell you, you that <laughs> I was going to save this until later, but America, that brings me into what I wanted to talk about out. Um, somebody posted this on Facebook earlier and it was a great article and it was talking about how some people enter our lives only to teach us not to be like them. Can I get an amen? Can I get yeah, an amen? And I wanted to read some of this. I don't want to read some of this. I don't even know if I'm allowed to, you know, with the whole copyright and stuff, but I'm going to shout out to whoever they was. It's on ConsciousReminder.com. And the first um, little quote they had was, some cause happiness wherever they go. Others, whenever they go. And that's a quote by Oscar Wilde. Some yes. cause happiness wherever they go. Myself. Um, <laughs> <laughs> myself <laughs> and others. And others, whenever they go. So some people are happy to see you and some people are happy when you leave. Right. And that is so strong because sometimes you're both. Sometimes you are both. And sometimes you are one thing to one person and another thing to another person. Trash and treasure. Yeah, I mean, because not everybody's personalities are meant to, right. to go together. Not so, lock, right. You know, what one person loves, another person may extremely dislike. And to <laughs> me, that's the beauty of the world. I understand that, and I, and I do accept that also. So let me read a little bit more of this. I was only going to read, like, the first half. It says, nonetheless, even these people teach us something. Even though they make us suffer, they give us the ability to act upon our feelings different than the way they do. Victor Frankl said that everything in life is potentially important, and we can learn lessons from the things that made us suffer. Amen. 
amen. And the church say amen again, because Lord knows I've been learning. While sometimes we cannot find the meaning of certain negative relationships, they really give us a vision of the world previously unknown to us. Yes. In other words, it means that such experiences will teach us what to value and what brings us only suffering. They show us what we don't want in and from life. Our principles and point of view are solidified thanks to certain experiences we've been through. And it's almost done. Being witnesses of injustice <laughs> and feeling great discomfort caused by the behavior of others helps us think about our own principles and to reinforce our beliefs on what is good and what is bad. Deception, coldness, self-centeredness do harm, a lot of harm. Sometimes the best thing is when you can't recognize the people once who once surrounded you, there are people who end up showing what and who they really are when they no longer need us and they don't even try to hide it. That's hard. And this is almost finished. When this happens, the pain itself makes us reassess our own priorities and behavior toward others. For this reason, sometimes experiencing bad situations make us better people and it helps us to valorize other feelings and to encourage our growth. All this requires a great internal job, which only allows us to move forward and accumulate weakness, guilt, or dissatisfaction. That spoke to me so much because I've been in, I was just, I, I called my friend, and you know who he is, but I called him yesterday because I had a situation where I had a, um, a dialogue back and forth with somebody, and the words they said to me made me dislike them so strongly. Well, I mean, I couldn't stand him, and I barely knew him. It was on social media. We lived in the same city, but I could not stand this person. And I was so mad that the words that he said to me had me feeling so strongly about him. But um, I didn't run from it. I continued to stay in the environment that we were in together and let what he was saying to me be a lesson and although we dis we were having a disagreement and I wasn't I was not so much against him feeling the way he felt, but it was how he was saying it. And I feel like he was definitely going out of his way to kind of be insulting. And I was just trying to understand I wasn't trying to be rude. So a little bit of it, I kind of went to the sideways also when I was like, oh, so you're just going to keep insulting me. And you're like, well, it's not an insult. I'm telling you <laughs> this is an insult, but you just don't think so because you don't feel like it is. And. I mean, everyone has a, a perception of both right. themselves and of other people, and, and they also have a perception of how they believe they're presenting themselves. Right. You know, I've often wondered what I look like outside of myself. Like, if I met myself. If I would, would like I, me. Yeah, whether or not I would. Could I, I tolerate me? Myself. And sometimes I think I wouldn't when I feel like I'm around somebody yeah. who rhyme, reminds me a lot of myself. I feel yeah. like we clash. I'm like, I couldn't even get along with myself. Yeah, there, there are definitely times where, you know, I feel like that. And, but the thing is, is that you do come across people as, as a way of personal growth. Um, they teach you a lesson. You need, yes. That you, and you're constantly learning. You're constantly learning about who you are, what you like, what you don't like. It's in all forms. It's in friendships. It's in relationships. It's in family. I'm learning that more you know, as I get older. Yeah, you learn yourself through others. Oh, my gosh. Yes. And that's what, when I got into a relationship with Trey, I wanted him to know. I'm like, I want to spend time with people around you so I can learn about you through them because they saw you grow up and they know about you in ways you don't. But the situation with the guy, I don't really want to go into detail, but what he was saying was an insult. 
anybody would say it was an insult. And he just didn't feel like it was. It's like somebody being saying like a prejudiced comment and it's like, well, that's just, that's how I feel. Okay, but that's, that's insulting. On any level from the outside looking at you, you'll be like, well, that's an insult. You can, you can say it's not, but that's insulting whether you th- agree or not. I mean, but it's, it doesn't always have to be your job to um, show people what's an insult and what's not and how they are. Right. You know, sometimes but he was you just, speaking directly to me. sometimes you just got to let it go. Sometimes you just have to really understand that people are the way they are. They think the way they think, and you're not going to change their mind. It right. doesn't matter but, how much you yell. It doesn't matter how much you But I felt like them. we were having a conversation to where, like, no, you we were having a conversation. He was before having that. A di- no, he was, he was, he was <laughs> right. having a I felt like we were having a conversation <laughs> to where we, um, and we had, had had conversations before that to where I felt like it was like kind of open and that day it's like oh (laughs) oh this is how you really feel and you know again I won't release exactly what we were talking about because I've moved on from it and it's everything isn't for everyone to know but the, the situation has some has been something I've been dealing with my whole life, and I'm just trying to overcome it with people in my city and people who look like me. So I've been always. I know it's not my job, but half of me is willing to have it be my job. I, there are sacrifices that I know um, are going to be take breath and maybe time off of my life, but there are some things I'm willing to sacrifice. Like there, you know, people be like, "Don't make me waste my breath." There's some things I'm willing to waste my breath on. And although it might cause me some grief and suffering, I'm willing to waste my breath a little bit on certain things in life. Not everything and not all the time. And I do and have grown from certain situations to where I'm like, this doesn't need my energy. But um, I came to a point in life to where I, I wanted to make more sacrifices for the greater good of, you know, people in general, people who look like me as far as their preference or their um, skin tones. Like thinking, of, thinking back to a time before where people who look like us were going through a lot more than we're going to through today. If people didn't sacrifice or were willing to sacrifice their time or their breath or their lives, we might not be in the position we are in today. I mean, you can think of it that way, but those people were already open to that understanding in some way, shape or form, whether you want to believe it or not. And all it did is they came across a person who they thought was I guess, worthy of their attention or something like that. You were in a situation where you were having a conversation with someone who really, from what it sounds like, wasn't engaging in the conversation. The conversation is listening and talking. It's right. response and reply. And it's when you listen, not just to respond, but you listen to understand. And if that person's not listening to understand, you're not having a conversation. You just now I do think I was somebody. I do think I was being emotional also within the conversation. Yeah, On top of that, it wasn't just I was like one person talking to like five people. Yeah. So it got to be a lot of see, you, yeah. You were in a situation where you know if it were me, I, my indifference would have kicked in and I, I would just left because there's right. no you know at some point you have to really look at whether or not words you're saying are being received yes and if you can go back and look at that and you can say you know they're not even responding to but i was saying. trying to understand what he was saying also i was trying i was trying i was like you know what i'm not gonna people can have i'm not offended at people um disagreeing with me or feeling the way they feel about whatever mm-hmm. 
So I was like, okay, I'm going to sit here and listen. I want to try to understand him because usually when he starts, I'm just like, yeah, okay, whatever, anyways. So let me try to understand. But I will say, after that conversation, um, I really disliked this person. We'll see him out in public, and I would not speak to him, not look his way. And I felt like it was the same energy. But it probably didn't affect his life the way it affected that's mine. Why, and that's why I'm telling you it wasn't a conversation because they right. probably didn't even put any of the, the lasting effort and thought into it that you just have. And that's really kind of why I stopped having conversations. Now, this conversation, media. it wasn't like, only a one-time thing, though. It had happened many um, I know, that's different times. I, I stopped having conversations on social Not media. Not like tens <laughs> and you know, like hundreds of times, but it happened more than once. And I will say, I don't know how um, this person feels about that conversation, but we have experienced each other several times since that time in person. And, you know, social media, through um, uh, social events. And I feel like um, we're in a better place. Like, again, this person probably never knew I felt like this. And I I'll actually want to have him on the podcast. <laughs> because I would like to discuss, like, some of the things. I don't want to go into, like, extreme detail. But the reason I couldn't, I wanted to hate him. And I know that's a strong word, but I was mad. And I asked my friend, I was like, he was like, you probably don't want to use the word hate. And I was like, no, I don't want to use the word hate, but that's honestly how I felt. And I don't want it to be like this bad thing, like, oh, I hated you. I'm sitting right here behind to let you know I hated you. But I just, like, the conversation we had, I do think I was in my feelings on a large part of it. And I was being very emotional. And I was expressing myself very loudly. But I was dealing with a lot of stuff at the time, period. So when I got to assess the situation, and I actually grew, this article made me think about it. I really grew from that conversation to be able to accept and respect how people feel about differences between the two of us. And that's how people feel. I just, I, if I feel like I'm not being respected, I'm going to question why you feel like you deserve to be respected if you don't think you have to show that respect to another person. I, I was watching America's Next Top Model last night, Cycle 6, and this girl, 18-year-old white girl, was very open to say, I don't like Muslims. I don't like homosexuals. I don't like these type of people. I don't like these type of people. And I was just like, whoa, this was like 2005. And I'm like, just think about somebody saying that right well, now. I mean, see, and this is where my thought process differs from most people because I don't have a problem with that at all. I would really rather you say you don't like that person. No, that's how really well, I kind of agree with who. you. I, I, don't, I don't need the, the fake. I don't need the pretending. I was glad. And I think this city, I mean, this society has really kind of gone along for a very long time where we thought racism wasn't a problem. It wasn't that it wasn't a problem. It just wasn't being expressed. Expressed in, vocally. In a, yeah, vocally and, and visually. Private, like publicly. I right, mean, it publicly. It was more private. Right. And for me, I would rather be a, a more public. Um, not in a way where it's it turns physical, obviously. Yes. Do all that. Right. I want to know if the person over there doesn't like me because... Uh, I'm black. Oh, I agree. Cool. You don't have to like me. Right, you agree. You do not right, like you don't me. have to like me, and I don't have but to come into your know, business wait, yeah, exactly. to support to know, you. Like, who to avoid? Because if we know these things and we see the positions that they're in, right. then you start to get a better understanding of how racism is still effective in 2019. Because if that woman who's saying all that is in a position where she's hiring people or a position where she's giving out bank loans or things like that, like, you can sit there and say, Oh. Did you see the article yeah. about the lady who had been changing um, drug tests? Yeah, yeah, I saw that. Out here I saw that. acting mm -hmm. as God, really changing 
lives. Yeah. A paternity, paternity test. test. How evil, how, oh, I, I can't even think of anything to describe it. Mm-hmm. And here we are. I know. The minority. Yeah. And we're like, okay, not surprised. I'm not surprised. No, nothing surprised. That's not surprising in the least bit. It's sad, and I'm like, wow. It just brings it to my attention to now think about who are all the other people who are currently doing it. Exactly. I don't know how she got caught, mm-hmm. but she's not the only one doing it. Oh, for sure. There are people above her who are currently saving her. But, I mean, it's not even just in that. It's, it's people who have been caught in police matters. Right, so, science right, so when I say drug tests, like I'm talking yeah. about all of the above. Oh, yeah, I know. Um, it's, it's, it's uh, paternity nice. tests, uh, uh, like you said, the um, cases, yes, lives, like whole lives. Yeah, so I mean, but it's not... It's directed at people with brown skin. We are usually the recipients of, of that, and I it, think when you show those and you show how often it happens, um, Maybe some people pay attention, but realistically speaking, the, the pessimist in me just really believes that the people who are paying attention are the people who already knew it was happening. Right. And then the people who don't know, it's just a one-off. Oh, my God, that person was so crazy. I can't believe they did that. But no one else is really doing that. I just, I try to understand prejudice and racism. And, um, like, I, it's like I almost good as being at the, you, you're at the top of the food chain, and you're going to do anything to keep it. Mm-hmm. You're going to do anything to keep it. And you know their population is going down. And they're going to do anything to keep it. So what's, a, what's going to happen? Because it's, it seems like a shift. You, when you can see the shift, now I don't know. I'm 29 this year, be 30 next year. So I'm getting a little bit of time under my belt, a little bit of experience. So I'm trying to think of when I was younger. You know, in the 90s, I didn't see shift in economic change or social change like that. So now that I'm older, to me, this change, though, is a little scary because they're a person who wants to keep their power goes to drastic measures. But that shift really was prevalent even before you noticed it. That's what I'm saying. Because, you know, I mean, in the 90s, that shift was the drug war. That shift was black women and men being imprisoned for uh, drugs and crimes that really they shouldn't have been imprisoned for and incarcerated at higher rates than those who were doing it of the other skin tone. So. The other skin hues, <laughs> as Joseph would say. <laughs> Shout yeah. out Joseph Napier with skin hues. So, you know, it, it, it's if you look back, you always see the evidence of it, but it's, it's like I said, it's just more visible right now because right. people are shouting it out. So with that, with it being more visual, what ways are they going to do it to not, for this shift to not be seen as much? And... Um, I, I just don't know. It makes me think about everything else that's going on underneath the sheet. I mean, it's hard for me to, to say that I've never seen it because I, you know, when I was in high school, I, I went to an all-white school for three years, and I got called a nigger each and every time. And I thought it was really interesting because I am of a lighter shade, so I do get the, well, you light-skinned, so you ain't really black, and nobody is paying attention. I mean, you know, you, you fit in better anyway. Nah, I really didn't. I really didn't. I, you know, it, it was the same kind of a, a treatment in, in so far as how they saw darker skin. Now, obviously, you know, it's, colorism is different, so it's yes. not the same. 
my treatment has been different in other And did you you listen to the episode with Joe, right? Yeah. So when he said that he didn't even really deal with so much um, comments about his skin tone, I, I was surprised. I was surprised that people didn't make fun of him for being darker skin because me growing up around like the kids, I did anybody who was the darkest flesh tone, everybody was always, it was the same jokes to them and preferably African booty scratcher. So I was a little surprised that he didn't. I was happy though, but I was like, wow. I mean, it, it's, it's the environment that you're in also. So if you're, and it, it's also the person that you are. You know, a lot of people aren't going to, like I said, when I went to an all white school, there were some black men there, the black boys at the time, but they played sports. So nobody came at them the same way they came at me, even though you would think as a light-skinned girl, they wouldn't, you know. Right. Nah, they, they came at me in that way, but they didn't come after them because they played sports. They had this kind of a, they had a fear that they instilled, like, this person might. <laughs> just right. Do. And it wasn't until I had the fight boys, because it was always the boys who said it to me. It was never girls. So when you I, really I would fight these boys. How many stories I hear of <laughs> of black women? Um, my my stepmom went to an all white school growing up, and her some of her friends. You know how many stories I hear about them fighting white boys? Yeah, it was a, it was all for, no. I take that it was two white boys and one Chinese boy. <laughs> uh, <laughs> get out! <laughs> it's just like it was white Asian man in that. <laughs> yeah, it, it was it was, and I think there was this. Because I was a girl and I was skinny, it was like, oh, she ain't gonna do nothing. She's just gonna take it. And when I came at them, boop, it was like, oh, <laughs> real quick. That's what. Boop, boop. Oh, yeah, whoa, whoa, whoa. It, it, it shut it down. So I would, I would go through it every year. And it was at Struthers. I was, I went there for. Wait, say a, the name. Yeah, that that's a you know a community in and of itself. But so you being of a brighter skin hue, and I'm not, I don't know if I ever thought to ask you if you. We're biracial. I don't know if I ever asked you. No, you've never asked me. I I, I don't even know if I ever assumed. I don't know what makes me. I know what we talked about it before. But to me, it just doesn't matter. Sometimes I am interested to know if a person is um, biracial of some sort. It's, to, it's just interesting to know, like, hey, are, are you? Because well, I wasn't going to ask. That's a good thing because a lot of times when I get asked, and when I get asked specifically by men, it's it comes off as a... Um, Oh, you're pretty. Are you mixed? You know what I mean? Yeah. And it, it, it's a, a thing where I've had to be very cautious of, like, the guys that I date because some of them are color-struck. I don't know if we still use that term, but they, they're color-struck. So it's like, oh, you light and you bright, so I want to go ahead and date you because you're close to the, um, the white girl that I might really kind of want to date, but you black, so. I'm gonna date you instead because now I don't. I can get that color, but I don't have to get that shame that comes with you know getting talked about because you're dating white girls. So. Yeah, and um, I've gotten that. It's unfortunate. How does it feel to be put in the box of biracial just because of your skin tone when you're not? I, I, it's it, it's it frustrates me to no end. I, I think that's the one question that when someone asks me, I really get angry about in my I mean I don't cuss them out or anything like that but right. it's just like we come in all different shades both right. my parents are black my dad is like you know and I, that's where I got my my light skin from but right it's one of the reasons why I went natural because I noticed with um the type of hair that I wore the questions came less 
But yeah. my hair was straight and it was long or if it was, you know, in this, it was like, oh, you sure you ain't, you know, Hispanic or So did you whatever. feel like you had to go natural to show more blackness so they can stop, I, to stop asking the questions? It was a, it was a, a part of it. I mean, I went natural because I just wanted to have my own hair and, and, and be proud of it. But it was also something that I noticed that kind of took away that, that whole or you, I got those questions less. Let's just put it that way. People stopped asking me as much. I still got them, but it wasn't as as often because it was like, oh, she got an afro, so she must be black. <laughs> right, 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 right. And it's it's that texture. You're like, oh, right, I see that right. texture. Oh, I saw that. Oh, she know this movie. Oh, she know this language. Because yeah. you know we kind of have like a language we speak with each other. So you're like, oh, oh, okay, we yeah. we rocking the same. Oh, she get it. Oh, she hit me with the nod. Oh, okay, but, but it wasn't even just. My skin tone, I think a, a lot of people would ask because of my voice, because of the way I talked, because of, like... Somebody asked me, um, told me I had an accent today. <laughs> oh, this woman, I, I had to call for my car, and she was like, oh, you sound like you have an accent. I'm like, is it because I'm speaking proper English? <laughs> Where'd you go to school? My high school. <laughs> and um, I used to get very frustrated with my friends with, oh, you sound white. I'm like, what sounds white? Just go ahead and say it out loud so you can hear how stupid you sound. And I, growing up as a child, sometimes I would say things like that, but I was lucky to be surrounded by people such as my grandfather who um, was there to educate me on things like that and to show me that people are telling you you sound white because you sound educated and educated. I, I don't think it was that. It wasn't the proper part. It was just the inflection of my voice. I, I got like, it for, yeah, it why was, you say your words like that? I'm like, the way it's pronounced? <laughs> What do you mean? Why are you adding EDs and ERs and SS to stuff and taking SS off things like specific? Yeah. I, well, I mean, I think that's because we as a culture kind of um, don't really understand language and, and the, the roots behind it and things like that and why certain people talk certain ways. And we look down on black language when... In fact, there's a, a really strong linguistic reason for why we talk the way we talk and why we but say our language is to people here and the way we use words and then use phrases like, um, like, you know, or, or you know, or, like yeah. some of the things we say, it is used in other languages around the but world. They're cultural. They're cultural to us. And in our language, the way we speak, a lot of it goes back to Africa when you think about um, certain dialects and when you think about how people and the tone words, and the tone of your voice when you're saying well, the it's words. really the pronunciation and it's the it's the reason why someone who grew up speaking English has a hard time speaking you know maybe Spanish because they can't pronounce those certain uh, words that way because it's not in our in our basic that, language yeah, skills right. anymore that we learned when we were a baby like, yeah and then more languages kind of yeah that's there's a purpose for that more different languages, not English, they kind of have um, words, letters, uh, the way you pronounce it in common versus our dictionary, our vocabulary. One thing I've always hated, silent letters. (laughs) To me, it's retarded. Why is there a letter there that does not need to be pronounced? Uh, you know how many spelling bees I got out on because of that? It's the hardest language to learn. It really is the most, it, it makes no sense because it's, it's honestly, it's a, it's kind of a, it's the biracial of languages when you look at yeah. it. It's, it's a melting pot. It's, 
So I have friends who speak things. Spanish, other mm -hmm. languages, and when they would say, what do you mean when you say this? And I have to explain explain it to them. So, you know, when they say love, they can say, like, um, amor, like, te quiero. They have different mm -hmm. words for the love, you're my girlfriend, love, you're my mom, love, yeah. you're my dad, versus yeah. just love. We have, you know, one love, L-O-V-E, and it's yeah. used for 800 terms. But in that sense, there are also languages that you got to pronounce differently based on gender. So yeah. you have to say the feminine version or it's the even your, your name. It can like end that. in an A or end in an O exactly. in different countries. And but I got hip to it by watching tennis and it's so worldwide. And there were people who will be related. Yeah. And then there were names that were so close, I thought they were related, but they're like, oh no. I was like, oh well there wasn't there was an O there. Yeah, I mean I learned it in college when I studied linguistics and it was a real eye opening experience for me because I used to be one of those people who would like um, look at language as as proper and improper and things like that. And it wasn't until I really learned why it was the way it was that I stopped thinking that certain patterns of speech is better than another. It's not. You know, it doesn't matter if you say we going, we got, we whatever you whatever you however you choose to like, say it, it's right. still if I got the message. Yeah, I mean it, it that's language what's important. particularly English, there is no proper way to, to and say you it. Can create your own way to communicate. American English isn't proper English. So once I started paying attention right. to that, it was like But we say it's proper wow. because we just think we could just go ahead and take everything and be like, Oh no, well this is proper English. The English that somebody why they speak like that? The, you mean their language? Right. Eng right. English. Right. What you speak? American? Pop, say it again. <laughs> I, I have met people who have said things like that. What language do I speak? American? American what? American what? <laughs> so anyway, let's move on. I'm gonna ask I wanted to ask you a few questions. So we met almost two years ago. Mm -hmm. And at the time we were doing some work with some other creatives under the name Flavor. Flavor Media, you know, shout out to them. At first I was like, do I want to say the name? I, I could say the name. <laughs> I'm being all the way real. I hope y'all go back and listen to the past episodes. We got some real good tea with Three and a Half Gays with Tom. Mm -hmm. I was so excited to have Tom on because it was like, you know, another, it was like an episode of uh, Three and a Half Gays, yeah. but just two gays this time. <laughs> just two gays. And we actually um, discuss, you know, some of the issues we had and what happened with three and a half gays. And, you know, people can have opinions about it and be like, why they put their stuff on? But I um, was watching Candy and she um, from Real Housewives of Atlanta and Escape, and she was doing an episode with Tamar, and they basically had a conversation like me and Tom had. And then as it was going, they were having another conversation like me and Joe had. And I was like, I was like, oh yeah, yeah, we go keep doing this. We do, we're doing what's right. But I just thought it was so funny that they were because of how I was thinking about um, before we recorded the episode. I'm like, should we talk about this? And then here are two other people on this huge scale discussing their relationship that they had with each other and some issues they had with each other. Right. So I just want to be honest and move forward with people. <laughs> you know, yeah. I'm trying to move forward and be in a better place. So when we were doing work with Flavor Media, I. I was having a great time that year. We were we were doing a lot. We were hanging out. We were hanging out like almost every day. We, yeah, I saw we, a lot of y'all. Yeah, we we had a lot of meetings and and stuff like that. And it was it was a good time. Yeah, it was a good time. And I will say that I learned a lot from working with all of you mm -hmm. that um I took and implicated into my life because I was working a more um, a lot more with you as far as like when we were doing the things for like social media and yeah, stuff and yeah. writing writing those articles so I did have a lot more mm -hmm. um, 
like back and forth with you than I have with more other people. And that's kind of where we started our relationship. Yeah. I mean, but it, it has been interesting for me because um, the Juneteenth brunch that's coming up. That I never get to go to. You didn't get to go to. None of them. That's actually the first one brunch that I went to. So I'm, it's almost a two year anniversary for you know me being with the collective. Come through. Um, and it's the I, third I, one this year, right? Uh, yeah, this will be the third well, one. So like the people I, know that. Yeah, I, I, and I, I thought about that earlier today, and I was like, oh, I had an anniversary coming up. But yes, we do have a Juneteenth brunch um, coming up. Uh, we're actually having it. It's not going to be on, going to be on that uh, Saturday. So we on that Saturday, yeah. folks. She'll so, have that information for you in just a second. Well, I mean, it, it's actually out. It's on Facebook. It's on. Uh, the collective page, if you follow the collective page. On so, the, what, what's that date then? So, what date is Juneteenth on? Well, Juneteenth is originally on uh, June 14th, I believe. June and 14th. So, what you... it is, it is Juneteenth is the um, day of emancipation for the slave, for right. slavery. Um, it, it's an interesting thing because the slaves were actually freed on a different date, but it didn't come down to them they didn't know about it until a later date ain't that crazy because, well i mean it's not it's the south you well know? i mean it's and not they, crazy they, they but it's just like anyway. <laughs> it's like wow sitting here thinking like yeah free you as, as long as they possibly can and even after that they still kept them so it's I mean, so sad yeah. to think about them feeling the initial reaction of what you think freedom is about to be mm -hmm. and then it's the world it turned into the world we live in today they had to change right things right. to still have right. the control that they still have. Right. And can we all just get along, y'all? Why don't y'all stop? Y'all come down <laughs> off here. We, well, we're calling the truce today. We can, we can let some things go. Okay, we can, let, we can let some things go. We can't let everything go, but we can move on. But we want to call a truce. Y'all come down off of y'all high, high horses, and we're going to start <laughs> over. The new world order is going to be a new world order with the two lines, like at Cain's mm -hmm. in Borman, Ohio. We're going to have two lines. We're going to do this. We're going to do it right this time, y'all. We're going to start the whole world over. We all going to go back to Africa. We're going to just shake it up, shake it up, shake it up, and then we all just going to move out and just explore the world, and we're going to just be one big happy world and we woke up and the pastor yeah, i was gonna say <laughs> the pessimist in me he was like nah, that's and, uh, <laughs> right and we woke up and i mean you know because as long as power is a thing race is a thing oh well that's gonna be all life yeah. all life for all life and it's sad to see it's sad to know how much of an impact on the world like you you can't have mm -hmm. You can't. It's so seven billion people in the world. I'm, I only know Youngstown. <laughs> I only know the few people. And listen, it's thousands and thousands of people in Youngstown. I only know a few hundred. Listen, right. barely that. Right. So right. it's you try to have an impact. That's why we're all living in our own worlds, and you just try to affect as many as you can. But it's just still a up. The battle is just never ending, and it just seems like it will always be a loss. I mean, I. I've come to the understanding that I'm not going to try and solve racism or teach white people or anything like that. I, I feel like my purpose at this point is to connect with my own people and try to create and push our own culture forward because it, it's a lot of wasted energy and wasted time to try and teach someone how to be a civil person. I mean, if they if they don't know how to do that on their own, that's that's not my problem. You know, I I really 
come to understand that I'm stressing myself out by doing something that really isn't even being. Right, you can you can be more effective in different ways. You can, I mean, and, and I feel like my purpose at this point is to just kind of focus on my culture and doing things to bring my people together and. If someone wants to reach out to me and, and have a conversation, I'm always open to that, but I'm not going to go and, and force my, myself to talk to people and try to open up somebody's eyes. That so is what, not for me. about what age did it change for you? Or was it always like that? Or did you want to feel like, I'm Ottoman, I can save the world. Here's I'm going to go to school and get educated. <laughs> They're going to listen to me. Yeah. You know, I, I grew up in a, in a household where um, my dad was real pro-black. So I grew up listening to Malcolm X. I grew up, I was read, I read the autobiography of Malcolm X when I was in junior high. I was listening to, you know, Louis Farrakhan and, and all of these speeches and things like that um, at a really young age. So I, I was always aware of my blackness, not in so far as like the extremeness, um, but like just aware, <laughs> just aware. I knew who I was. I knew that I was black. I knew um, that this was my place in the world. But it wasn't until I went to Struthers for three years that I understood my blackness. You, you know, there's lived a difference. In that between, yeah, there's a difference between knowing your blackness and understanding your blackness. And not only that, but being light skinned in in a black school and being asked constantly. You know, are you mixed? Is your dad Puerto Rican? Is you what? What are you? Blah blah blah. So it was like when I went to to Struthers. Oh, I'm black. I'm black, black. You know what I mean? Like they calling me names, and I'm fighting y'all, y'all can't see me shaking my head in the grids. <laughs> I have to remember that it this is not a video because I'm like, I mm-hmm. I'll be doing things like mm-hmm, making all these faces, but I gotta be, I gotta be verbal. Right. Gotta be verbal. So you know, I and I always was under, and I that that experience taught me. I can't teach people, you know what I mean? And I'm not going to, and it's not my job. Um, it's, it's okay for me to just be black and just be in black spaces and just uh, focus on, on trying to worry about getting my people, you know, to where they want to be. So okay this, be. I feel like that's, you are lucky, and I feel like I'm lucky because my grandfather oh, has um, a, a man who is in his 70s who has lived in the generation to where people were physically mm-hmm. uh, attacking you. Mm-hmm. He saw his mother do slave work and his uncles and his aunts and his grandmother. So that's a different world. And we live in a different world. We do things differently. But he has been fighting for equality for us most of his life he fought in Vietnam and his biggest battle has been to make sure black kids and kids of color are getting an equal opportunity as far as education goes and for years he did it in San Diego but he told his mom that before he he laid to rest and I love my grandpa that's my hero him and my dad shout out but um he was going to come back to Youngstown and make sure there were better opportunities for education for kids of color. And he's been doing that for the last 10 years. Right now, he's the vice president of the NAACP Youngstown sector, but they have taken things to the Supreme Court. They are working tirelessly, tirelessly for the kids to have a better education. And sometimes I wish I would, could be yeah. more interested in it. And I used to feel bad, but I know that my... Um, way of helping is in a different um, genre. Right, right. I can do more f- 
from and behind the stage to help in a different way. And for others, don't feel bad that you can't, you can help the fight in different ways, you know? Everybody can't, I, I, all of us can't be my grandfather. You know, Everybody we all, got a purpose. Right. And, and I think activism is still important. Yes. You know, and when I say, you know, not to, it's not my problem to go out there and teach right. on a basic regular level. It's not that I'm like against it. Separating myself from the activism of right. making sure laws and there are still things in place Thank to you. Because uh, it ain't always them. for the book or the gram. Yeah, because I mean, and that's important work and that's work that still right. needs to be she done. She gets out and votes. She, she votes. Exactly. <laughs> <laughs> so, I mean, you know, but it's not even, it, you have to really be involved on the on the lower levels and things like that of, of government and your community and understanding housing and how where money is going and um you know who's getting grants and who's being gentrified at, at the moment and things like that no, you, i will you really tell you i've been aware a lot from you um and we talk all the time not all the time but we t we've talked a lot and i've learned a lot just you know listening to you and just differences um, of opinions because us both being black is that's one thing that we have in common but our blackness is even different because I'm a male you're a female I'm brown sugar and you um, are you know the coffee with the cream <laughs> but, but no cream but it's just the, we just have different shades I'm still brown right. don't, don't get it twisted people. I was just I was just talking about the shade of brown okay yeah. I'm brown sugar and you the new wood brown <laughs> you, you knew you what brown before they get it with this big span. <laughs> you know but we different shades of hues, and but I'm saying even in our blackness mm -hmm. being similar, we mm -hmm. deal with it in different ways. And so I, getting older, I mm -hmm. thought about how you know because even like being openly gay. Mm -hmm. A gay man, gay women. I feel like gay black women. I'm like, I feel like people don't pay enough attention to that or think the struggle isn't the same as usually about gay black men. And I, even myself, I wanted to get more into being educated on. I don't know how a gay black girl felt growing up. I just know how I did. Yeah. And I know I could relate to other guys, but it was different, but we can still relate. So even being a black guy and, a, you know, you being a black woman, that fight and that um, understanding is so. Different but still. I think what we have in common is is the creative aspect. Yes. And being a black creative puts you in a position as to where you have another outlet in which to express your activism and express express your blackness. Like through my art, I have expressed certain uh, opinions and of blackness and things like that. So. Um, even with my last series that I did that focused on black men, it was it was an interesting um, message that I felt that I was putting out because it, it it incorporated black men with what is generally seen as feminine aspects. So it was black men with flowers and bright colored backgrounds yes. and things like that. I'm glad you said that because I wanted to start taking control of my narrative. Like mm -hmm. as far as and this was years ago, I was like, you know what? I'm tired of not doing things because of however it makes everybody else feel. Mm -hmm. Oh, boys aren't supposed to do this. No. I, and I remember when I realized, they're like, oh, you can't do that. I'm like, can't do what? What I'm doing right now? Mm -hmm. No, you might not like it, but I can do it. I always say this. I've said this on a few, um, you know, a few episodes already. Things I can't do. Fly. Breathe under the water for an hour by myself. Birth a child. Mm -hmm. Scratch my back. Psych. But no, there's very few things that I can't do, but everything else, like, you, I could do if I wanted to. Now, people might not like it, but I, 
I can do those things. Right. So, I mean, I wanted to change the narrative yeah. for things about like even like femininity yeah. or things. Oh, like you said, the way people speak. I'm like, you, we can't just let society tell us what this means or this is a bad thing. Mm -hmm. Men shouldn't cry. Showing emotions is a feminine trait. And I've been trying to change that narrative. Like one of the things I say, you know, I waste my breath a little bit on that, but I'm tired of people saying, oh, you sh your boys don't cry. Yes, right. they do. They got tears and tear glands. He, he cries. <laughs> this woman asked me, told me, um, she was like, can you help? So I think my son might be gay. He's only eight, but he's showing um, uh, gay characteristics. I was like, okay, so what are the gay characteristics? Well, he loves taking his shirt off when there's like other guys in the room. And I'm like, well, what is he doing when he's taking his shirt off? Like he just, he just tells him to take his shirt off too. So then what does he do? Well, he just, he just wants his shirt off. I was like, okay, so does anybody around him take their shirt off all the time? Who? His grandpa. So do you think he likes his grandpa? Then she um, was like, well, he dances. I was like, so what, what kind of dances is he doing? I'm like, you know, none of those things to me say gay characteristics. If he was like, mommy, uh, you know, I want to be a princess or even that. I'm like, it's, it, it be, with a child so young, it's a, it's a little different. And he's eight or nine, percent, so that's not that young. I'm like, you see things on TV you want to do. But I'm like, okay, so what? I'm like, you didn't tell me anything that made me think this little boy has feelings for men yeah. or other boys. I'm like, these characteristics that you think are feminine, I'm like, he's a kid. He walked, he, me, I wanted to be like my mom because I loved her. I didn't want to be a woman. I'm just like, oh, this is mommy. I love mommy. I want to do what mommy does. I like the Lakers because mommy liked the Lakers. Like the Steelers? Oh, no. I like, I like the 49ers because mommy liked the 49ers. Not because I want to be a woman, but I'm like, that's mommy. And now she's just, I'm like, now people are so worried. I'm like, you, you worried? She was, but the whole time she was like, I don't care. I love him anyway. And I'm like, so why are you even talking about it? Right. And I just didn't understand why. I, I mean, what she and was, I think it's why she was asking because you know a lot of the characteristics that come with creativity have a tendency to be kind of intertwined with being gay or something and feminine. And it and makes and people, feminine. it makes men not want to do it. Because when I even when I did my series, I was like, why? Why are flowers feminine? Yo who, guy who looked decided? like Luke James a little bit to me. Huh. Yo guy, the, the, well, <laughs> he looked like Luke James. I said, okay. <laughs> <laughs> but I mean, even when I was doing, I was like, and I'm, I'm thinking like, when did these colors become Girl, feminine? When yeah. did these flowers, like a flower, when did that become feminine? It's and, a whole food for real. Yeah, I, mean, I know. And since I finished the series, I was looking, trying to figure out what to name it because I have, even though I'm a writer, I have a hard time naming things. I don't know why. But um, I had taken a picture of the last piece that I did, and I was going to put it on put it on the gram. And you know you can't put nothing on the gram without a good caption. So I was like, let me go to my poetry. I know, that's right. <laughs> so I was, I, I was sitting there, and I was kind of skimming over through my books of poetry, and Tupac was sitting there. I, was, I have his yes. uh, book of poetry there. So I was like, let me I saw. I know here. what you're talking yeah, about now. And, and see what he got. And, you know, I'm flipping through it. And the That's first perfect. poem is The Rose That Grew From Concrete. That's perfect. And even though the, the flowers are not all roses, you know, I, I decided to call it Concrete Flowers because, you know, I, the symbolism was exactly what I was hoping to, to portray in that series. And what I really, really found fascinating is that you got Tupac, who is like the epitome of masculinity, right? Mm -hmm. Gangster, thug, mm -hmm. you know what I mean? He will... Bite you. Oh, excuse me. Stop. Sorry. 
mm. but he's intelligent. Mm. And, but he, you know, he he embodies all of that masculinity. But he write he wrote a poem about being a rose, and it was you know an autobiographical poem that grew from concrete. So he saw himself as a rose, the strength growing out of something that was meant to bury him. Right. You know, there not was, supposed that to people walked over, and so it was a symbolism of oppression. But it was also a symbolism of his beauty growing through that. I'm gonna and need to borrow these books on it. I really, <laughs> <laughs> so I really wanted. I was like that. That spoke perfectly because, you know, I don't think black men really see themselves as the beauty that has kind of grown through oppression that was meant to, you know, suppress them and that keep them. Is still meant. Yeah, to. that is still meant to. I mean, but you know, a lot of black men have still have been that concrete rose that yeah. has grown up. And know? they don't and even know it. And you I mean you ain't gotta be the celebrity one. You know, you just thank you. You just made it through high school. Come <laughs> you, on. you know thank what I mean? You. you you made it and got a job. You made yes. it and, and yes. live in a regular life, you know, that wasn't really always supposed to be for you. Right. So I just wanted to kind of express that and, and show that you're beautiful too. Thank you, thank you. I am, and, and you're beautiful too. So on that, we're gonna end on a on a high note. That was that was lovely. And before you say that, let me say that I'm I'm glad that you said that because I didn't. I mean, I saw the flowers and the right, 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 and the caption, and it went together. But I'm glad I got well, to hear. Interesting thing. I, I the, wanted um, to make sure backstory that of was it. out there because when I first did my first piece and to put it out there, someone asked me, "Oh, is that a is that a transgender?" Uh, picture <laughs> i was like why because it was a dude with a flower and that's, that that question came from a man and that's why I, that's when i knew i was doing the right thing but um that's so random to me i don't understand it was very random what the, did the at, flower it, symbolize the woman's come on that and that's why i was like it was in his know, mouth though uh, is that one or was, just the one actually, on the side no, of his it head was the one on the side the first one i did the yellow piece where it was in the on the side of his head and that's people's minds that, and that's exactly where they go and and I, that's why i was like you know what tupac is flower but uh i am going to be showing that whole piece at our art show that we are going to be doing yes melanin popping to point out yes sir <laughs> i'm looking oh. forward to that and i'm, I'm you know, I'm, I'm really hoping... It's beautiful. I can't wait for people to see it. I do, because I'm, I'm really hoping that it's a way that our art show can kind of bring black people into the, the perspective of, of arts and kind of respecting art and looking at art and looking for art. Because right. so often we've been kind of in a mode of surviving mm -hmm. so that we don't really go out and purchase items of just pure beauty for luxury sake. You know what I mean? My dad taught me that. He does. <laughs> and there are some who do, but a lot of times when we purchase things, it's for, for aesthetics. It's to show off. It's belts. It's, it's clothes. It's bags. It's right. purses. You know, no one really thinks about putting something beautiful in their home just for them to see. I do. I have many pictures of me on the wall. <laughs> 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 but, you know, I mean, but that also harpens to, Which is, I mean, to you racism know, and things like that because you walk into a museum and how often do you see black people represented in a museum. Right, that's why when I do see portraits, pictures of those famous black paintings like in a book, and then I see it in somebody's home, I'm like, oh, I know that. Mm -hmm. Or when I got older, my dad started purchasing him. Mm -hmm. I was like, yep, that's but what I'm going to have. it's also a way to support local creatives and local yes. artists. You know, you ain't got to really go to Walmart and get that 
sad little screen printed black person drinking coffee right. or whatever hanging it on your wall <laughs> or <Right. laughs> whatever you can actually get something that's modern and that represents uh not just black people but your black community and you can say i, I met that artist i know that artist so that's that's yeah really what we wanted to i do like that show kind of bring people together it's a whole experience behind it it is because you know you can go I, we could have done like an art show in a gallery or something like that but I feel like people, you have to draw people in where they're going to come in. So if you make it a, a vibe that they want to go to anyway, like a club or something like that, maybe they can go and get something of substance. Because that's, right. that's really what we try to do with the collective, with the events that we do. Make sure it's fun, but it's, there's some substance to it. You know, you're learning something. <laughs> you're, getting something yes. you're getting something for the culture. So. And I absolutely love it. And I love what you guys are doing. Shout out to the Youngstown Creative Collective. <laughs> Yes, people's people people so yes young sound creative co collective you can find on social media sites all social media sites yeah, it's the youngstown cc if you're looking for it on Instagram. right yes i think they both pop up because i always yeah. I end up typing yeah. up youngstown awesome. but i just type in ycc it <laughs> pop right up well thank you so much for being a guest it was lovely to have you, you too. it was lovely to be here sir <laughs> all right people we will see you next time Bye bye